Hello and welcome to another Lights Camera Sports Podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. Well, right when the swing of things with Masters Week, I thought it'd be great to invite Jason Sobel to join us here and talk about the Masters. You know him maybe from the Golf Channel or ESPN. He recently has joined the Action Network. And uh, he was nice enough to give us some time to talk some masters here on the Lights Camera Sports Podcast. Like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you need to be a part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. Just go to bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get more details. So we had a nice conversation with Jason. Uh, talked about the Masters, the Augusta National Course. He's been there many times. Got his opinions on that, his favorite holes. And also, we went broken down player by player for the top contenders and their chances to win the Masters. So it was a very, very lively podcast. I hope you stick around for it. All right, first we'll hear from Chestnut Hill Technologies and Stone Loving Pizza, and then go right into the podcast with Jason Sobel. As always, thank you so much for listening. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm. Based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum, CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. At Stone Love and Pizza, their mission is simple, to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed, all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Love and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go Eagles! Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to the Lights Camera Sports Podcast, presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. While with Masters Week, I thought it'd be great to bring on the legendary golf writer, Jason Sobel, joins us now uh, He and the podcast. He just joined Action Network HQ. Jason, first of all, thank you so much uh, for joining us here on the podcast and describe your new role. Well, thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, big week and a lot of big changes for me personally. So I've moved over to the Action Network and uh, really... A lot of what I'm doing isn't going to change. I've been covering the tour for more than a decade and a half now, and uh, I'm going to still cover the the professional golf tours and still write about golf and uh, still go to tournaments. Uh, I think uh, now I'm going to have a little bit more of a focus on predictive analysis, and uh, I think a lot of people are getting more into gambling on golf and doing uh, DFS and uh, fantasy pools and maybe even some office pools for the Masters. Things like that. So uh, I'm never going to tell you what my five-star lock of the week is. Because quite frankly, golf is really hard to predict. But what I am going to do is try to make readers uh, a little smarter about where they're putting their money and, and try to analyze what's going on with um, a little more intelligence uh, and hopefully uh, help people out in those respects. So uh, looking forward to it. should be a great opportunity. And I uh, couldn't start with a better week. We, we got a great Masters uh, 
shaping up this week. No question about it. You might recognize Jay-Z. He used to be ESPN, Golf Channel, and also a local graduate up here of uh, New England in Brandeis. So Jason, well known to our local target audience here for Lights, Camera, Sports. And uh, first of all, Jason, just give us the scene for someone like myself and anyone else who's never been to Augusta National. What is it like to walk in through those gates and see all the green? really cool Mike I, I mean it, everyone always says uh, look you gotta go there to understand just how sloped the golf course is and it's really hilly and you don't understand how big these hills are just from watching on TV I don't think you understand how green everything is I mean uh, the colors it, it's almost like uh, the rest of your life was in SD and all of a sudden you walk through the front gates of Augusta National and now you're looking at life through HD and uh, everything just pops so much but to me it's more about the vibe there. It's more about uh, what it feels like, what it smells like, what it tastes like. I mean, it's just a, a different vibe. There, there's very few places you'll ever go in life where everybody in that place wants nothing more than to be right where they are at that very moment. Maybe, maybe you go to a family wedding and everyone there is uh, just happy to be around their entire family and uh, would like nothing more than just to be there with their family and and that's one of the only places I, I can think of. But Augusta National, you walk inside those front gates, and every single person there is beaming with happiness, with joy, just for the fact that they are through those front gates and they're at Augusta National for the day. It's unlike any other uh, sporting event I think that you'll ever go to. Yeah, that's you know that's a very good analogy. I can I see what you're saying with the you know, everyone's happy to be at one place at one time because you're right. There's not many places in life where there's a collective energy like that. As well, um, Jason. First of all, your take. I have to get your your. What is your favorite hole? If you have to pick one on the course. What 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 sticks out to you? Probably a little cliched, uh, but but I love the twelfth hole. Uh, I think the twelfth hole is uh, sort of a, a microcosm for what golf is supposed to be, which is it's not too long. It's not uh, anything that you don't see. There's no blind shot there. It's just 130 or so, 140 yards of pure strategy. And you've got to think your way uh, up to the green and into the hole and try to get out of there with uh, at least a par and get on to the next hole. And I just think it's a, it's a beautiful microcosm for what the game is supposed to be. It's not necessarily supposed to be who can hit it the furthest. It's not supposed to be who gets the luckiest bounce. It's supposed to be who can navigate their way through trouble the best. And I think that um, the 12th hole really, uh, really fits that description. And other than that, I always go to the first tee shot. I, if you get there, <laughs> excuse me, the, the, there's sort of a rectangle-sized gallery that's just with a little opening cut out uh, of the tee box. And uh, all the fans uh, in the gallery and other players and tournament officials Guys in green jackets are, are all sort of surrounding that first tee box, and I can't imagine there is ever a more nerve-wracking shot than the first tee shot for these players at Augusta National because uh, not only the atmosphere and the gravity of everything, but you've got all these people almost right on top of you waiting to see you hit that first tee shot. And one question, a little bit of a side note question. A lot of my friends were asking me when I told you you were coming on my podcast, what in they always see the 16th pond, how the water's so dark. Do they really put like dye in the water? Is that true or not? Can you confirm or deny that rumor? Oh, 
<laughs> no, no, they they won't exactly offer that information, but uh, <laughs> they do whatever they need to do to make Augusta National look uh, as proper Augusta National as it needs to. Uh, and, and in those respects, you know, from uh, putting a little dye in the water to uh, holding back the azaleas, making sure they don't bloom a week too early yes. or um, anything to those respects. They, they are going to make sure that the tournament looks the way they need it to look, uh, especially on television that week. And do you have a favorite food item from the concession stand? I, You know, the pimento cheese is highly overrated. My favorite okay. is to go get a, a uh, egg salad sandwich, which is the best of those sandwiches out there. And then you open it up, and if you have one early enough in the morning, they still have some bacon out there, at least in the media room. Uh, they've got some bacon out, and you, you open up the egg salad, you throw a little bacon in there, close it back up, and that's a sandwich right there. That's a great way to start the day. All right, Jason, let's get right into it. Uh, first of all, first question right off the bat, your take on Tiger Woods. What do we expect? Uh, obviously a huge amount of media with the great spring he's had the last couple tournaments. Yeah, Mike, I've been to four of the tournaments so far that he's uh, played since his uh, comeback. And quite frankly, I, I don't need to look at any analytics. I don't need to look at any data. I've seen him up close, and I know how Tiger is playing right now, and that's very, very well. I, I take... Uh, everything away that you think you know about Tiger over the last few years. Uh, I I don't think he's going to injure himself anytime soon. I don't think he's going to lose his game. He's only going to get better. The fact that he's gotten to this point so quickly, it, it was just six months ago that he was posting uh, social media videos of uh, him first starting to swing a golf club. And now he's at the point where he is one of the favorites going into this week. In fact, I'll give you a little blind resume test. Uh, if you take player X, you say he's going to a specific event, and he's won that event four times. He's played there 17 times in his career, and he's never once missed the cut. And before he goes and plays that event this year, in his last three starts, he finished 12th, 2nd, and 5th. Do you think that guy would be a contender? Yeah, of course you would. And that guy happens to be Tiger Woods, and the tournament happens to be the Masters, and, and that's all coming together at this sort of intersection between the two this week and uh, I don't see how he's not first of all one of the favorites and second of all one of the serious contenders come Sunday afternoon what what just out of curiosity when you I was thinking as you were talking what is his odds right now in Vegas to win the tournament he was down to the lowest odds uh round one at Bay Hill three weeks ago um I think that might have been a little PR ploy just to get people talking about the Masters uh Obviously, there's going to be more attention being paid to Tiger Woods as the favorite than anybody else. Gotcha. But, uh, as of right now, the last I saw was 10 to 1 for Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, and Jordan Spieth, and then Tiger right behind them at 12 to 1. Gotcha. Okay, well, that's a great segue for my next couple questions. If, I, if you don't mind, let me say a player's name and just give me like 10, 15 seconds and their key to win the Masters, what they need to do. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. 
stonelovinpizza.com. At Stone Love and Pizza, their mission is simple, to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed, all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Love and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go Eagles! Uh, for each player. Uh, first of all, that Dustin Johnson. Well, first of all, he needs to wear some uh, shoes when he goes down the stairs uh, at his rental house this week. That's going to be <laughs> the most important thing. But uh, quite frankly, just, just get back into the groove. Uh, he hasn't played Augusta National in two years. I don't know if that's a major detriment, but uh, I think he just kind of needs to figure out uh, some strategy around the golf course and get a little more acquainted with it. But I'm sure he's doing that uh, before the tournament starts. Bubba Watson. <sighs> Boy, Bubba can join a list this week. Three-time winners at Augusta National includes uh, Demerit, Steed, Player, Faldo, and Mickelson. I know that Bubba's having a great year. I know he's got two wins already on the PGA Tour. It's the best he's played going into any Masters before. He should be on the short list of contenders. I just have a hard time, for whatever reason, placing him in that group and seeing him go out and win this golf tournament. So, uh, obviously, he's got the talent to do it. Obviously, he's done it in the past. I just have a hard time seeing it happening again this week. Here's a guy who's had a pretty good spring coming back, Rory McIlroy. Yeah, uh, he was struggling before the back nine at the Arnold Palmer Invitational three weeks ago, and all of a sudden kicked it into high gear. And I think for Rory, he just needs to continue with that momentum. Uh, Obviously played so well there on Sunday afternoon. And uh, if he can continue that and continue playing well, uh, he's a guy that I look at as the only player who could probably run away with this thing. I think, obviously, there are uh, two dozen players who can go out and have the ability to win the golf tournament this week, but I, I'm not sure there's more than one or two of them who can win by five or six shots, and I put Rory on that short list of a guy who, if he's on his game, can absolutely just run away with this thing. You mentioned this the guy a couple minutes ago, Tiger Woods. Yeah, I, I spoke with both Phil Nicholson and Jordan Spieth about the ability to kind of spray your driver at Augusta. If you don't have your A game off the tee, can you still succeed there? And both of them, without hesitation, said yes, absolutely. And it was a way of asking a Tiger Woods question without really mentioning Tiger's name. But the fact that they each said, yes, you need to hit driver at Augusta. You can't take just irons off the tee, but you can spray that driver. As long as you're hitting it a long way, you don't have to worry about it. Tiger will hit it a long way. It might not always hit the fairway, but it won't hurt him as much this week as it did at, say, Torrey Pines or Riviera. So uh, I think that's a huge advantage for him going into the week. Great segue to the next player, Jordan Spieth. I, I think he's trending at the right time. I know that Jordan's been criticized already this year for not having his best stuff. I, I always think it's a little funny when the elite players in the game, and he certainly qualifies, want their games to peak four times a year, and then when they haven't peaked before any of those four times, they get criticized for not playing their best golf. Well, uh, Jordan Spieth played really well in Houston this past week. Seems like he's peaking at the right time, and he also, as we all know, has sort of figured out some things about Augusta National. I think he's studied the golf course better than anyone else, certainly any other young player. So I, I think he's primed for a very big week this week. And the other player you mentioned earlier, Phil Mickelson. Coming off a win 
last month in Mexico. That was really big for Phil. He had gone more than four and a half months without a victory anywhere. And he said he needed that one because he didn't want to go to Augusta National this week trying to get that monkey off his back, not just at Augusta and win there again, but trying to win anywhere for the first time in five years. He, he wanted to uh, at least get those winning feelings back. So he now knows that he can do it. He knows he can go out there and win a, gol- uh, win a golf tournament, win a trophy, and he can bring that to Augusta and uh, sort of carry that momentum, just like we were talking about for Rory McIlroy. Okay, just a couple more. Now, Justin Thomas. Yeah, Justin Thomas doesn't have a great record at Augusta National, although uh, I think he's matured so much in the last year that it's quite unfair to look at his prior record and, and sort of say that he can't contend. He is on the short list of guys who are good enough to contend anywhere, anyplace, anytime. So uh, I, I think he's certainly a guy that can go out and do this. But I, I just think the law of averages, look, you won the last major last year. I just think there are too many players for – uh, any one of them to go out there and, and dominate these things and start winning them in bunches. So uh, I'm just not sure for, for that reason alone that uh, I love JT's uh, prospects this week. And then uh, another Justin, Justin Rose. Love Justin Rose coming into this week. I, I think that he's a, sort of this intersection of course familiarity and current form. Uh, he has trended in the right direction for the last six to eight months playing some Really tremendous golf, and uh, the course history uh, lost to the playoff last year, finished in second place. Uh, he's held the round after multiple, held the lead after multiple rounds at the Masters in the past. Uh, I think the maybe only thing that I don't like about Justin Rose is that everybody else likes him. I like to zig when everybody else zags, but I kind of find myself zigging along with everybody else this week just because uh, I think he's a uh, tremendous pick to go out there and win this one. And then last but not least, uh, Sergio Garcia. Yeah, a lot of variables for Sergio. I think that he'll play a little looser and freer after having that uh, green jacket that he won last year. Certainly enjoyed uh, traveling the globe with it over the past year. But he's a new father now. Uh, It's going to take a little time to figure out how to balance those responsibilities. He's doing some 2 a.m. diaper changing, some 2 a.m. bottle feeding. Uh, uh, Maybe he is, and if he is, Good for him. Good for him for being a dad for the first time. I'm sure he's uh, loving this time in his life. But you just wonder uh, if the time management, as far as everything he needs to do to prepare for the tournament, uh, has a little something taken away from it. And, uh, I, I just wonder if he's able to put everything he needs to into working towards uh, winning for a second straight time at Augusta. Jason, is there a player we didn't talk about in the last batch of players that we should look out for, a streaking player out the main uh, contention? I, I, I look at a few guys who are maybe off the radar a little bit. I, I struggle to call them sleepers or long shots because uh, I think uh, even casual golf fans have heard of these players, but Patrick Cantlay is one on the PGA Tour already. I think Augusta National not only suits his game, it suits his personality. He'll have a good week. Bryson DeChambeau has proven to be a, a very strong PGA Tour player, and I think he's ready to start contending at major championships. And I look at Brian Harmon. is uh, a guy that leads the PGA Tour in top tens already this season. He's obviously had a great uh, first three months of the year, and I, I think that uh, there's no reason to think that he's going to stop playing well once he gets to Augusta. So I, I like him as a, a little bit of a dark horse pick as well. 
Jason, just a couple more questions here. Joining us so nice for the time, Lights, Camera, Sports Podcast. As you were talking, I was thinking about, is there, take us behind the scenes a little bit. Is there a player who's just, we may not know behind the scenes, but is just a really nice guy to talk to, to interview a personal type player on the tour that, like I said, you may not know about? I'm not even sure that I could necessarily pick out just one because there are tons of them. I mean, I really, I, I would have been out of this business long ago if these guys were terrible to deal with and uh, and just nasty and mean and uh, and you couldn't get much out of them. I, I'm not sure I would have lasted as long as I have. But uh, no, 99.9% of these guys are, um, are are nice guys. They're fun to talk to. Uh, I mean, you, I could I could take you through some of my favorites, but I'm going to leave guys out. I, you know, from uh, Zach Johnson to Brendan Steele to uh, Robert Streb. I'm trying to trying to look at some names that are maybe off the radar just a little bit. Um, Kevin Kisner isn't off the radar, but he's one of my favorites. Pat Perez, same with him. These are all really really good guys to talk to, fun guys to interview, and it's uh, just nice guys. I mean, you know, I I, I kind of break the PGA Tour down and I'm looking at personalities into uh, half the guys will come up to a guy they know and say hi before you even say hi to them. The other half will say hi reactive, but either way, they're all going to say hi to you and they're all going to be friendly enough. So, um, you know, the, the the nicer guys, the nicer half are the ones that, you know, maybe make the extra effort to, as they're walking past you, look up and say, hey, Jason, how you doing? And the other half are just going to say hi if you say hi to them. Either way, it's okay. I, I get it. They're all at work just like I am when I see these guys. So, um, no, there's very few complaints um, from my behalf or really anybody else in the media from uh, any of these guys. Okay, Jason, as you know, as many fans may not may or may not know, Tuesday night is the champions dinner at Augusta National. All the previous champions gather. They have dinner, and the menu is selected by the previous year's winner. And do you know any tips on any uh, what Sergio may be ordering for tomorrow night? It's going to be a Spanish-themed menu. I've heard that. Uh, I don't know exactly what it will be yet, but uh, yes, you can be you can bet that it will be Spanish-themed and. Uh, It'll be a fun time for Sergio. He's waited a long time for a night like this, and uh, I think they're going to treat him very well, and uh, he's going to fit right in at that table. It's uh, Man, if you if those walls had eyes, I mean, if those walls could talk, that you, those stories uh, that we've heard throughout the years about the Champions Dinner, there's uh, my favorite one. I did a story on the Champions Dinner a few years ago, and uh, I think my favorite story was, um, Dia Zach Johnson, who said uh, at Adam Scott's Champions Dinner, uh, they came out with a dessert. It was pavlova, which is sort of a uh, a Russian or Romanian Bulgarian pastry, whatever country it's from. And Phil Mickelson stood up in front of the entire room of champions and says, "Well, this pastry was named for a 17th century baker who was in love with a dancer named Pavlova, and he named it after her." And he goes on and on and on. Everyone's kind of rolling their eyes at Phil. They go, come on, that's not true. Well, Billy Payne, who was the chairman then, takes out his cell phone, goes on Wikipedia and looks it up. He says, yep, he's right. And all the other players looked at him and they said, you can't have your phone here. And he just looks at them and says, you know what, guys? It's good to be the chairman. <laughs> Billy Payne, that's, that's, a, that's a good story. And hey, Jason, now there's the most important question. Say you were the champion, you were the winner. What's on your champion's menu? Tuesday night. Oh man, I you know we're loading up with a lot of steak. We got some uh, some fillets, maybe a nice <laughs> good salad to start. 
you know, the, the typical kind of like, you know, somewhere on the barbecue stuff, you know, some corn on the cob, some veggies, uh, maybe, maybe a, a really nice uh, cheesecake for dessert, something like that. But, yeah, we, we do it up pretty good. There, there, there might be a couple bottles of wine thrown in there as well. One more fantasy question. Say you have a dream foursome to play Augusta National with. Who is who are your three playing partners uh, for that foursome? You know what? I, I don't get too into the star affection. I yes, it would be cool to go play Augusta National with Jack Nicholas and and uh, and Tiger Woods and uh, Phil Mickelson. Sure, that would be really fun. I, give me three of my buddies to, that I go play play with all the time. Give me three good buddies uh, where we can laugh and hang out and have a good time. Maybe have a have a couple of uh, have a little match, have a little NASA out there, and I think that would be just tremendous. I, I would take that over uh, over any kind of celebrities or superstars. Well, Jason, to wrap things up, you recently joined the Action Network, focusing on betting as well, part of it at least. Uh, any prop bets that you could bring to our attention, our listening audience, and what type of bets you like uh, for the Masters week? Well, Mike, uh, I know I told I, I wouldn't give you any five star locks of the week, but I do have one. It will not snow in Augusta this week. I guarantee it. <laughs> there you go. And lastly, do we have any prediction? Are you allowed to guess? Or top two or three contenders, maybe? Yeah, sure. No, I we mentioned them before, and I, I told you how much I like Justin Rose's chances this week. So uh, I am not the only one that will have Justin Rose on the top of his list, but uh, I'm going to play the Me Too game, and I'm going to jump up there and, and put Justin Rose right there. Followed, uh, I've done an entire ranking. Uh, one three seven, the entire field, which should be on Action Network uh, in the next day or two. And I've got, I believe, Jordan Spieth number two and Rory McIlroy number three. So uh, not exactly too uh, too off the board, too out on a limb. But boy, I hope that happens. That would be a fun Sunday afternoon. Well said, Jason. Well, hey, thank you so much for the time. And just tell our listeners how can we see your work? Where do we log on to uh, to see your work with the Action Network? It's actionnetwork.com. I'll be writing for them, doing podcasts for them, doing some video stuff at some point. So a lot of different platforms, but it's all on actionnetwork.com, and we've got an app. You can download the app, and you can find all my stuff there. Well, once again, Jason, thank you so much for the time. Thanks, Mike. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. At Stone Love and Pizza, their mission is simple, to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed, all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Love and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go Eagles! Well, thanks so much to Jason Sobel for joining us here on the Lights Camera Sports Podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'd like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you need to be part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. Just go to bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get more details. All right, we'll be back once again next week. As always, thanks so much for listening. This is Mike Galtieri signing off.